0: These are the most amazing rides in the world. I love it here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Internet Says It's True. This is a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. And my name is Michael Kent. Today, we're going to talk about Action Park and Cannonball Loop. I took the week off from giving you a new episode last week, and I appreciate your patience with me on that, even though it was a repeat. That episode about the Wilmington Massacre is still one of my favorite episodes, and if you haven't heard it, it's worth a listen. Uh, I also, I wanted to give a shout out to the Patreon supporters. I see you all. I appreciate you all, every one of you. And that's why I put the content up on that site. The unedited video interviews with the guests every week and the ad-free episodes. Hopefully, I'll get some more time soon to uh, keep adding bonus episodes there. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. It's only a buck a month. That's like nothing. It's a dollar a month. Uh, And so go join up there. Show your support for this podcast. Now, today's topic comes from my friend, Josh. It's Josh from Kansas City. I wonder if you've heard about action park up in new jersey it's almost too crazy to be true thanks thanks josh uh, yeah there's a documentary about this called class action park but i had not seen it so i watched it and holy crap that launched me into spending a ton of time looking up first-hand accounts and newspaper articles and blog posts and videos and well here we go this story starts and ends with uncle gene Gene Mulvihill was an entrepreneur who had purchased a small skiing hill, the combined Vernon Valley and Great Gorge ski park in Vernon, New Jersey. The ski business was great, but he didn't like the off-season. He wanted a way to make money in the summer. So in 1978, he added a couple water slides and a go-kart track. He called it Vernon Valley Summer Park. And that was the beginning of what would eventually become Action Park.
1: There's nothing in the world like action. Come an Action Family with over 50 exciting rides, shows, and attractions. It's bigger and better than ever. Something for everyone. Looking for fun. Get ready for the action. At the world's largest participation park where you and the rides become one this week, come and share the experience together. You're just minutes away. There's nothing in the world
0: like Action Park. The name Action Park was given, and he kept adding rides. Now keep in mind, Gene wasn't from the world of building amusement parks. He was just playing it by ear and coming up with ideas that he thought would be fun. His son Andy has said about his father, quote, Gene didn't want to do the same old stuff where you just get strapped into something or it twirls around. He wanted to take the idea of skiing, which is exhilarating because you control the action, and transfer it to an amusement park. There's inherent risk in that, but that's what makes it fun, end quote. Inherent risk. That seems to be the common theme of Action Park. It was a wild place. It eventually had 75 rides, 35 of them motorized, 40 water slides, and many of them self-controlled. We're gonna talk about one of these rides in particular in a bit, but here are some of the other features of the park. A pair of diving cliffs that stood 18 and 23 feet from a 16 foot deep pool below. You'd think that the area below would have a blocked off area where swimmers would be kept out, and then the next person wouldn't jump until the area was clear. No. That's what would happen in most other water parks, not Action Park. In Action Park, it was just a free-for-all. If someone was below you when you were jumping off a 23-foot cliff, so be it. Just, you know, look out below, you're on your own. Or the Aqua Scoot. Someone had the idea that a regular slide wasn't fast enough, so they used rollers like you'd find on an assembly line at a factory or like on the TSA checkpoint conveyor to make it faster. You'd go down on a small sled and hope that you don't have anything that gets stuck in between the rollers on the way down. Of course, you're going so fast that when you get to the bottom and hit the pool of water, the sled stops, but you keep going forward, flying off of it onto your face. The kayak experience was a white water simulator and riders would try to fare the rapids in a kayak. They often had to be rescued by the lifeguards when they flipped and got trapped in their kayak underwater. The Colorado River Ride was like the typical rapid-style ride where riders are in a tube and it goes down rapids, but it wasn't typical because it wasn't laid out by professionals. It was common for the tubes to slam into each other, slam into the sides, and come to sudden stops. There were non-water rides that were dangerous, too, like the Alpine Slide. It was a slide that ran down the ski hill under the chairlift. Riders sped down a chute-like slide, riding on a sled with a brake to control their speed, but the brakes often didn't work. Sometimes one rider would go slow and the one behind them would go fast until the two collided at great speed. The chutes were made of cement, fiberglass, and asbestos. The ground outside of the chute, should the rider inadvertently exit the track, was just rocky hillside terrain. And as I started to research newspaper articles from Action Park, I found more injuries from this one particular slide, the alpine slide, than anything else. Now this next thing sounds actually pretty cool. For some time there were actually small tanks built to combat on a tennis court style course with a giant like battle cage where they could shoot tennis balls at each other. It sounds awesome until you hear the story about how after hours some of the employees doused the balls in lighter fluid and shot flaming tennis balls at each other with the tanks. Okay, that still sounds pretty awesome, but also very dangerous, and apparently it was pretty common that when Teenage Park employees would enter the cage to fix some sort of breakdown or problem, they would be pelted with tennis balls shot from tanks. You get the idea. It seemed like everything at Action Park was just like a normal water park, but faster, taller, with less rules and regulations. There weren't proven professionals building these rides. They made do with what they had, Uncle Gene and whoever he could find to design and build the rides. The park was meant to be a little scrappier, a little more transgressive, which was perfect for northern New Jersey. This was the closest water park to New York City, and it became a legendary hangout spot. It was a time before intense regulation kept these kinds of rides safe. Gene Mulvihill was more concerned with giving kids a place to have fun. And with that unregulated fun came risk. And in this case, risk meant lots of injuries. Most of these injuries never made headlines. They were broken bones, cuts, scrapes, sprains, and bloody noses. But unfortunately, reports of worse injuries at the park became more frequent. Between the years of 1978 and 1996, there were six deaths and numerous serious injuries. The first death happened on the Alpine slide. This slide had resulted in 14 fractures and 26 serious head injuries. In 1980, 19-year-old George Larson Jr. died when his sled flew off the track and he hit his head on a rock. The other five deaths all happened in the water world section of the park. In 1982, Jeffrey Nathan flipped out of his boat on the kayak experience and stood on the unprotected electrical wires for one of the fan units. He was electrocuted. Two years later, a man died of cardiac arrest on the Tarzan swing, a rope swing into a pool of water. See, this wasn't your typical water park water temperature. It was only 50 degree water and it was fed naturally from the mountain. This shocked the man into a heart attack. The last three deaths all occurred in the tidal wave pool. Now most water parks have a tidal wave pool, but the one at Action Park was always more crowded and more dangerous. One of the reasons that's often cited for the danger here was that it uses freshwater instead of seawater, and people who are used to being in ocean waves are used to the buoyancy that the salt water provides. Of course, with freshwater, you don't have that. Another reason is inexperienced swimmers. This was an affordable park for people from the city who maybe didn't get a lot of chances to swim, so drowning was a huge risk in the tidal pool. Around 30 people a day were rescued at this one attraction, and over a period of several years, 15-year-old George Lopez, 28-year-old Donald DePass, and 18-year-old Gregory Grandchamps all lost their lives from drowning in the title pool. Over the years, Action Park was given nicknames like Accident Park, Traction Park, Friction Park, and the title of a 2020 documentary about the location, Class Action Park. How did this place even get insured, you might ask? I'll tell you how. Gene Mulvihill, made up a fake insurance company, and insured the park himself. Yes, that's fraud. But it's how he skirted regulations and how he stayed open for so long. But there's one particular ride that's legendary. Partly because it was so dangerous, it was only open for a month. It was called Cannonball Loop. We'll talk about that after a quick break. And hey, please go check out these websites, because when you buy from these companies, they keep advertising with me, and I appreciate that. Everything is impermanent. Nothing lasts forever. And if you want to enjoy life, you've got to take a leap and live in the moment. One Week Tees is a new t-shirt company that takes that idea to heart. Every week they release a fun new design on a t-shirt, then they permanently retire it after one week. If you don't jump on it, you miss out on it forever. So in effect, every t-shirt they sell is limited edition. At noon every Monday, the new design gets released and the old one goes away. It's a pretty great idea, especially if you want to have a shirt that you can almost guarantee no one else will have. Check out One Week Tease on Facebook and Instagram to see their new design each week. It's the number one week tease. Or check out their website at oneweektease.com. And because you listen to this podcast, use the promo code INTERNET to get 10% off your order. The link is in the show notes. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. I've been traveling again lately, and that means I've been wearing my Scotty Vest jacket, which is awesome for anyone who sort of lives life on the go like I do. It's been awesome for traveling around because it's got tons of pockets for all my gadgets, my phone, my glasses, my wallet, my charging cord, you name it. It's a clothing company I believe in, and I'm confident they've got an article of clothing that you'll love. The best thing you can do is take a look at all the awesome pocket-packed clothing on their website. To get 15% off your order, visit the link in the show notes. Let's get back to the story. Loops on a ride can be problematic. For a high-speed roller coaster, they're no problem. The rollers of the train keep it on the track. But the centripetal force also keeps it on the loop. So theoretically, if you're going fast enough, You wouldn't need the train cars to be physically connected to the track. They could just glide on top of it, and the centripetal force would be enough to keep it from lifting up. The same goes for the rider and the safety belt. The safety belt is great, but theoretically, it's the increased gravity that keeps you in your seat. In the 2000s, the Kings Island Amusement Park had a roller coaster called Son of Beast, which boasted that it would be the first wooden roller coaster to include a loop. It ended up being a disaster. Now, the loop itself was steel, but the rest of the roller coaster was wooden. And in order to get up to the amount of speed to get through the loop, the coaster had to go way faster than what the wooden hill could support. They had to add tire drives to the track to get the train up to the 62.3 miles per hour it needed to complete the loop. And to make the loop, the trains were made to be heavier, which further made the ride super rough. The entire construction would sway, violently shake the riders. Many described it as the roughest roller coaster they'd ever ridden. In 2006, the track supports weakened so much, a couple of them snapped and it caused a giant jolt in the track. It would have been like hitting a pothole at 60 to 70 miles per hour. 26 riders were sent to the hospital with head and neck injuries. I tell you that story to give an idea of why it's so important to consider all of the physics and ride design when sending someone through a loop. At Action Park, they didn't need physics or expensive engineers designing the ride. Cannonball Loop was more of a gut thing. Let's build a water slide with a loop, said Uncle Gene, so they did. He brought in a guy from Switzerland on a one-week visa to help design it. People who experienced Cannonball Loop say it looked like it was just thrown together with spare water slide parts that they had laying around. The rider would enter the top, get hosed down with water to help them through the loop easier, and then begin the 45-degree drop through the slide. After dropping 20 feet, They'd get violently thrown into the loop portion and then spit out into a pool of water at the bottom. Riders who had zippers or buttons couldn't ride. They'd get caught on the many seams of the ride. This thing was essentially just small pieces of drainage pipe bolted together so there were seams every few feet. Once the thing was built, it needed to be tested. And the rumor is that Gene sent down a few test dummies that exited the loop, missing heads and limbs. Next, people had the idea of putting on hockey pads to enter the slide. Finally, the thing was tested with a bribe. Gene Mulvihill ordered $100 to any employee who would go down it, and he stood at the bottom with $100 bills handing them out to the bravest teenage employees. After a few rides, they realized they needed a pad at the top of the loop. Remember the centripetal force that we talked about? Well, the 20-foot drop didn't give riders enough, so rather than being stuck to the outside of the loop by gravity, you just sort of shot straight up to the top of the loop, banged against it, and then fell down the other side. They added the padding then, but riders were coming out with cuts and scrapes, and it was then they realized the padding was cutting them. It was filled with the teeth of previous riders embedded in the pads. They also figured out they needed to cut a hatch near the loop to rescue riders who didn't weigh enough or have enough speed to get through it. When Cannonball Loop opened in 1985, it was shut down after one month. New Jersey's advisory board on Carnival Amusement Ride Safety said, quote, you can't do this," end quote. It turns out some people who went down the loop were experiencing nine Gs. That means nine times the force of gravity. And let me give you some context. The craziest roller coaster at your nearest theme park probably pulls at most four or five Gs. The Blue Angels Navy flight demonstration team does crazy acrobatic moves, and those top out at like seven Gs. Nine Gs is almost deadly, and it only happened if the person weighed the right amount and achieved the right speed. For other people, they weren't experiencing enough Gs to even get through the loop. This ride was a cool idea, but an absolute disaster. It was completely dismantled soon after it was shut down. Now you can find video of people riding this on the internet, and along with it, lots of comments from people who claim they rode Cannonball Loop. It turned into sort of an urban legend. Here's the testimony from one person who claimed to have been one of the unlucky few. I vividly remember the sensation of my feet going up as I realized, here comes the loop. I remember being ecstatic when I cleared the pinnacle of the loop. However, the worst was yet to come. Apparently, my sub-100-pound body was not heavy enough for the ride, and rather sticking to the slide on the back end of the loop, I actually fell to the bottom of the loop. I smacked the back of my head on the slide and was nearly knocked unconscious. It was then that I saw light as I sputtered out of the exit of the tube, I was able to orient myself enough to get to my feet and smile with pride as the stunned crowd cheered for the little kid who just went down the most dangerous water slide of all time. It was closed again within minutes and although I went to the park a dozen times after that day, I never saw the slide opened again.
1: They have more water rides here than anywhere in the world. I love it!
0: There's nothing in the world like Eventually, Gene Mulvihill got hit with 110 counts of fraud against the park and the nine related companies he had made up, including the fake insurance company. Even though that happened in 1984, the park remained open until 1996, when the uninsured park finally ran into so much financial ruin that it just couldn't remain open. For a while, it reopened with many of the original attractions removed as Mountain Creek Waterpark, but has switched names a few times since then between Action Park and Mountain Creek. Gene's own son Andy ran the park for a time. Currently, the park is open under the name Mountain Creek Water Park, and the dangerous rides and attractions are long gone. The memory of going to a water park that may hurt you is probably a thing of the past, but lucky for us, there's tons of evidence and memories on the internet. Memories of Action Park. There was no place in the world like it. now it's time for the part of the podcast where i call a friend today i'm calling joe james joe was a comedy writing instructor of mine at the second city training center in chicago and we've kept in touch over the years he still teaches there at the second city and he's also an emmy winning writer joe james good to see you again good to see you michael i had you on uh, joke story trick last year which was a lot of fun um, you actually—it was probably two years ago—because you were one of the first people I called to be on the show, um, yeah. and I did that for 60 episodes, all right? Well, 45 live episodes of Joke Story Trick. So you were one that of the first out of fun show. It was fun. It was—it was a lot of work on my end, but it was a lot of fun to do a live stream show, just to see the reaction. And and uh, you know, in 2020, everyone was looking for like live streams to watch because we were all stuck at home. So, and then after a while, everyone's like, "I am sick of being tied to my computer." We are no longer watching live streams. So <laughs> gone. Um, so I thought of you for this uh, to, to bring you on. I've been wanting to bring you on. And, and I, wa- I was waiting for more of a lighthearted topic. And this was definitely a lighthearted topic that you don't know anything about. Um, and so for this first question, we are going to play for a joke. So if you get it right, I have to tell you a joke. And oh. if you get it wrong, you'll have to tell me one. All right. And I have to confess at this point, I'm realizing I did not find a joke for this week. So ah. I'm counting on you to get it wrong. If you get it right, I've got um my joke books from, so one of the things that we ended up doing on joke story trick that we don't, that we didn't do when you were a part of it is I've got all these old joke book jokes, like the old Milton Berle, you know, Almanac and all these different things. uh, And so I'll pull one at random and assuming that it is not uh racist, Or sexist. (laughs) Sexist. I will read it for this (laughs) podcast. So, all right. Here is your question. And this is multiple choice. Cannonball loop refers to which one of these things? A, a water slide at Action Park in New Jersey, which sent writers slamming into a loop and was closed after a month because it was so dangerous. B, the spiral of highway outside of Denver, Colorado, with a turning radius so tight, trucks have began avoiding the highway because so many have jackknifed. Wow. Or C, a rumor of a rare maneuver accomplished during the Battle of Bull Run in the Civil War, in which a 10-pounder parrot cannon was shot into the air in such a way that the cannonball fell backwards onto its own unit. So was it wow. A, a water slide with a loop, B a loop of highway outside of Denver or C a maneuver with a cannonball.
1: Well, I, I, I must commend you. Those all sound plausible. They like, and you know, especially with me not knowing the context of, of the episode, they all sound plausible to me. Um, but I, I, I I'm pretty sure that on roller coasters, that, that loop thing is, can, I think that is called a cannonball loop. And, but I, you know, I I don't know for sure, but I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the action park uh, answer.
0: You are correct. Ah! It is the cannonball loop, and it was a water slide. So the problem with this water slide and the reason that it was shut down after a month is because normally when you have a loop like in a roller coaster, it's very uh, well calculated and engineered. You have to get to a certain uh, amount of speed and weight in order to achieve the necessary G-forces for a loop to work. They didn't Your car's care about locked. That.
1: You're, you're locked to the track. You're locked Your to the
0: track. On. Even if you weren't physically locked to the track, the gravity pulls you into the track. Not so with the Cannonball Loop in New Jersey. This was just a, a roughshod bunch of sewer pipe that they put together into a loop. It dropped about 20 feet, and then the kids oh. basically just went straight up and slammed into the roof of this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. And they shut it down after a month. And that was just one of many, many rides that hurt people at Action Park, New Jersey. This place has become, it's closed now. It's legendary. It's, yeah, it's a legendary place, especially for folks that grew up in New York. Um, so that was the, the Cannonball Loop. And, you know, in terms of injuries, Cannonball Loop wasn't even one of the most dangerous ones because they closed it down after a month. There were some rides that they had open for years and years, every summer, and they, you know, some of those were actually deadly. So here we go. I'm going to reach back into my joke books here. <laughs> This is the Dixon's Joke Treasury, uh, oh boy. an anthology of gags, bits, puns, and jests, and how to tell them. We're going to skip the how to tell them part, but Joe, there are, um, there are. let's see how many pages in this book, 270 pages. Tell me a number and I'll read a, pa- a joke on that page.
1: Uh, well, in, in honor of uh, Maxwell Smart, let's go with Agent 86.
0: 86. Okay, so these are elephant jokes. Nice. (laughs) What did the drunk elephant say to the second drunk elephant? Don't look now, but is that a pink human? (laughs) These are so bad. (laughs) How can you tell if there are elephants under your bed? You can touch the ceiling with your nose. Hey, all right. There we go. (laughs) I a couple years ago we had we have a family friend who had a young daughter and i had this joke book sitting around that it was from like a garage sale or something and i gave it to her cuz it was clean jokes for kids it was like 101 clean jokes for kids i gave it to her and she starts reading them out loud and none of them made sense because they were all based on antiquated context and things that you know oh, jokes boy. about phones and <laughs> she didn't understand a single joke and none of us did we were like i don't even understand what they were trying to do with this joke <laughs> Unbelievable! Now, What's a
1: wax cylinder? I don't
0: understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, you taught uh, co- it was sketch writing, I believe was was what I took from your class. And yeah. my one of my favorite memories was when uh, one of us would come up with an idea, and you would just look at us and go. Yeah, no. <laughs> and uh it was we still laugh about that. It was just such a great honest assessment of our work. Um <laughs> but you taught us how to, you know, how to write sketches and I still have some of the sketches I wrote in that uh in that class. They're not cool. good, but I have them.
1: <laughs> it's good to have a trail of where you were and mark your progress.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you're still are you still teaching that particular work?
1: Well, that was a we did a that was a summer. It was
0: like an weekend. intensive, yeah. Yeah,
1: intensive. Uh, uh, I haven't taught one of those in a while. A lot of stuff has shifted over to online. Really? So uh, I've been teaching, currently I'm teaching two sketch ones that are online and a, uh, a humorous storytelling, uh, biographical storytelling. So oh,
0: I would love to take that.
1: It, they're great courses, but these are uh, asynchronous. I'm, I'm not sure, I'm probably messing up pronunciation of that word. Uh, where it's not a live class. So you, you get online, you read the lecture and you read the notes, you do your assignment, you upload it, I read it and I, I give you feedback. So, Ooh. so they missed the point where I get that look on my face.
0: <laughs> well, you should record yourself listening <laughs> and submit that instead of feedback. Just, just shaking your head in disapproval. <laughs> oh, so, so there aren't um, multi-person sketches in these then? Well, in your oh yeah, no, there are. How does there that are. work online? Are there people that do like is it like a Zoom class where they get together and do that from different screens or?
1: no no i mean not this there is a there is a live version um i don't know if they're running currently because they they started uh in-person classes and i just recently did an improv three um if they if they're doing the live zoom ones i think they're they've scaled them down quite a bit there's not as many available but it's kind of cool because when you did one you know like it was like with you people would come in to chicago just for a week and they come from all over the world yeah uh and uh, and zoom's the same way we had People in the same class from Australia and England and so cool, Chicago, <laughs> so
0: cool. Uh, so let's keep going here. You're one for one All right. for the second question. We're this is something I've done the last few weeks um, in terms of the stakes for this one, and it's it's a weird one. So we're playing for an admission of something we do well. So if you oh. get it right, you've got to tell us something you're good at, and if you get it wrong, I'll tell you something I'm good at. So, and the, the reason I chose this is because this actually is a punishment for me. Uh, it, is, it is very uncomfortable for me to talk about, you know, like, uh, we talk about, you know, magic. Okay, I'm good at doing a magic show, but that's, like, my job. I, right. I You know, I'm, and, the, and it can be something like that, your, your vocation, but I'm thinking more along the lines of something you're good at in real life.
1: there's, Yeah, something that may not be as, as well known.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Action Park wasn't the only major attraction in Vernon, New Jersey. Which one of these other attractions was nearby? And one of these was for real. A, the home of P.T. Barnum. B, the Playboy Club. Or C, the world's largest beach ball.
1: Wow. None of them sound correct. No, they don't.
0: (laughs) This one's a hard one. It's Uh, Vernon, New Jersey.
1: Vernon, New Jersey. That's not a hint. It's just a a town no one's heard of. Like, there was a Playboy Club in Cincinnati that I, I've been to before. So I think it, it needs more of a name recognition than Vernon, New Jersey. So I don't think it's a Playboy club. Um, the world's largest beach ball is possible, but you gotta keep that thing inflated to be a beach ball. So I don't, see the, I don't see the logistics working on that unless they bronzed it or something. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with P.T. Barnum.
0: Unfortunately, the answer is the Playboy club. Uh, what? <laughs> yes. what? it is actually uh the play there was a playboy club uh pt barnum's home was bridgeport connecticut um the beach ball thing i just made up because this is out there you know near the coast but the playboy club was a luxury hotel and club it included condos hugh hefner opened it in 1971 it saw guests like ann margaret and frank sinatra and now it's still there it's an overgrown vacant hotel
1: Oh, my God. The building is actually I don't still know, there. I don't know geographically where Vernon is. Is it close to New York? Yeah, it's
0: not too far from New York. Okay. Um, and this was sort of a getaway area. There were ski slopes in the in the region. And, and the idea between the Playboy Club, you know, uh, Gene Mulvihill was the guy that started this action park. And he said, we're going to make this Vernon a, a place for people to go. We've got the Playboy Club. We've got the Cannonball Loop. You know, we've got some some serious things for people and it never really took other than the the action park did quite well for a couple of decades. So, yeah. So what uh, what do you do well?
1: All right. Here's what comes to mind. Um, I make popcorn very well.
0: Ooh, what's your uh, secret?
1: Well, uh, I don't use butter. I use olive oil. Uh, I use a hot air popper. Uh, and uh, uh, I will also add things like basil. Oregano, wow. uh, garlic powder, uh, smoked paprika. Pa- I can't talk about it. <laughs> Smoked paprika yeah. is uh, one of my favorites. Um, and then if you use some cheese, like, you know, some Parmesan is really good or maybe some some shaved Asiago
0: wow. is excellent. You've so turned this into my, a... My
1: popcorn is like a meal.
0: Yeah, mine is uh, put the bag in the microwave for two minutes. <laughs> and, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with... With the movie theater butter at the movie theater, like I'm happy oh, yeah. with that. But you're you're talking about some real textures.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh. At the movie theater I go to here in Chicago, you know, after you get your popcorn, they have like the little works area. Yeah. Where you can add butter and stuff like that. Uh, they also have sliced jalapeno for other things for their nachos. But I take some of the sliced jalapenos and put them in the popcorn.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love jalapenos, and I am going to try that. It's very bougie, what we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about popcorn in a way that most people uh, talk about, I don't know, Thai food. Uh, okay, so you're you're one for two. We're going to move on to question three. And for this question, we're playing for a coveted, the internet says it's true sticker. Uh, so these are very hard to come by, extremely valuable. And they're three inches square. When Action Park opened, they had some unusual attention-getting ideas. One of them was a Dolly Parton look-alike contest. Which one of these other things was an actual opening day attraction in July of 1978 when they opened? So here are your choices. One of these actually happened. A, a Thin Lizzy concert. B, a tobacco juice spitting contest. Or C, free VCRs to the first 100 guests. Oh my god! I wrote these answers really hard this week. I'm just I'm just now realizing these are all very plausible.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, a hundred VCRs. I mean, that's quite a that's quite a thing to try to pull off. And also, it's like, I, again, I always think logistics. Like, are people supposed to carry around a VCR all day while they're writing? But again, it's Action Park, so anything <laughs> that would be the most unsafe thing to do is carry a VCR <laughs> around a amusement park all day um uh tobacco spitting or thin lizzie <laughs> <laughs> uh all viable thin lizzie was popular then um boy oh boy oh boy you know i'm gonna go with the tobacco spitting because that seems the most absurd
0: you've won yourself a sticker it is the tobacco sp- <laughs> tobacco juice spitting contest yes
1: <laughs> they're going for distance Ba-ting! right Not yeah accuracy.
0: yeah i think they're going for distance unless the, i can imagine they would have like a bullseye or something that would be pretty great yeah they had a they had a dolly parton look like like contest and a tobacco juice spitting contest in the summer of 1978
1: yeah if they had combined them
0: yeah they would <laughs> dolly, kind of the dolly parton that spits the furthest tobacco yeah. <laughs> uh yeah man you get a sticker that's exciting you're two for three uh, right. now. Uh You, uh, this, this next one is again, difficult. I did not realize I'm getting, I got to make these questions a little bit easier because this one is way out there. If you get it right, you have to tell us about your favorite teacher. If you get it wrong, I'll tell you about mine. All right. One of the action park attractions was based on a popular TV show of the time. Which one of these was it? Was it a, the gladiator challenge based on American gladiators? B the alien fun slide based on Alf or C the quantum jump based on quantum leap. Oh, again
1: like none of those sound accurate. <laughs> Wait, it, it, that was an attraction they had.
0: Yeah, this was at like, this was actually open. One of the thing, one of the like the attractions or rides in the park. So How this long wasn't was that just like an opening day. How long were they operating? So they were they opened in 78 and they closed down in the mid 90s
1: okay all right uh they're I, still I, I, open I, but it's
0: like mountain view mountain creek resort and it doesn't have any of those original uh, rides
1: i think quantum leap is too obscure okay for, for action Park, and uh what was the alf alf uh, alf was an alien fun
0: slide and american I, gladiators was the gladiator challenge
1: yeah now that I, i'm gonna say uh, american gladiators that sounds more up their alley
0: you're three for four that is correct The Gladiator (laughs) Challenge, it included jousting and obstacle courses. It was designed by two bodybuilders.
1: Of course. Uh, And it would often result
0: in actual fights breaking out between contestants. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm sure there was like knocking people off of things. Oh, sure.
0: Absolutely. It was like what they have now, except for without all the inflatables around you. You know, Mm -hmm. they have the jousting (laughs) things you can rent. That's The common theme with a lot of these was it wasn't actual professionals designing any of these attractions. It was just people that the owner knew. Right, uh, and in terms of the cannonball loop, he he flew a a designer in from Switzerland on a one week visa to design that. So the guy came in for one week, and when you look at pictures of it, it really is just like storm drainage, um, you know, bolted together. <laughs>
1: it, based on pictures that this guy drew on cocktail napkins,
0: one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's quite a story. So, um. What I have to tell you about my favorite teacher? Oh my gosh! I'm gonna combine these into a few. I no, I'm not. So I, I talked a little bit about this last year because I or last week because I think the guest uh, last week Leslie Battle uh, two weeks ago rather Leslie Battle got this one right um, and I talked about Captain Spinrad and I didn't use her name but this was an English professor I had in college who taught Shakespeare. And she spent the entire semester or quarter, we were on quarters at Ohio State, um, telling us a story about how she got thrown in the brig or whatever the equivalent is in the Air Force because she had accused her seniors, commanders or whatever, of like sexual harassment. And this was in the, I presume, the 80s or 90s. And that's what you did was that and she said she was left there uh, with a bottle of Jack Daniels and the Encyclopedia of Shakespeare works, and that's when she like loved Shakespeare and and realized that she wanted to teach Shakespeare, and then we got to have the benefit of that. But the interesting thing was that this was during a, an entire semester we were studying Hamlet, and she was able to tie that story into Hamlet with parallels. That was amazing, um, and it was almost like you know the whole semester had been written with these two parallel stories that intertwine. It was wonderful, um, and so I really enjoyed that. I did horrible in the class. I just horrible. I, I think I got like maybe like a C or something in that class. And it was my very last semester at Ohio State uh, back in 2001. So um, so one of my favorite teachers, I a lot of my favorite teachers were were, were English teachers like, you know, high school. Same
1: and here. Like that. Same here. Yeah. I got my uh, I had a high school teacher named Mrs. Dallin. And it's through her that I, I learned about Macbeth. Yes. And Macbeth became my favorite Shakespeare work because of it. But I, I, I'm sure I was a very disappointing student. I think I got a C or something, but yeah. I love that
0: class. Isn't that funny? Like, you know, to you, like you're thinking I was a horrible student, but like that meant a lot to you in the time and you got a lot out of it. And so it, it did its job. Yeah. Even though that letter grade didn't display that, it did its yeah. job. So really interesting. Um, okay. So let's keep on moving. And this is the the final question, Joe, and this is for all the marbles. You've This is not
1: multiple choice. This right? is not
0: multiple no. choice, and if you get this wrong, I'm banning you from the show. You will never be asked on the show again. All right. Here's your question. <laughs> Tell us about your favorite book.
1: Uh oh. Okay. Um, I would have to say. Oh boy, you know it, there. There's kind of two, but the one that immediately comes to mind is Confederacy of Dunces. Um, I haven't read in a while, so I'm not sure if it culturally it still holds up but at the time i was just really blown away uh about a uh, an anti-hero like the lead character is obnoxious and a horrible human being and he's the he's the guy i'm rooting for yeah uh, but i was just like so impressed by the the characters and the world that it created and uh and i read that before ever having gone to new orleans so it, it, if you read that and then go to new orleans for the first time it'll definitely color your view of new orleans and i think it i think it did a really good job of of crafting um like the french quarter area as sure. like this world in and of itself
0: so confederate of dunces what was your what was your second one
1: the other one would be um uh oh my god I'm the name.
0: <laughs> i can i can edit this uh
1: voltaire <laughs> is that the writer or the name of the book Oh, my gosh. Yeah, edit this out. This is why I got a C in my English class. Uh, Hang on. I'm Googling. (laughs) Voltaire was a French writer? Yeah, okay, he wrote it. Candide, Candide. Oh, my gosh, Candide.
0: All right, let's let's say it as if we didn't have that.
1: (laughs) My second favorite book is Candide by Voltaire.
0: Candide by Voltaire. Now, I'm not familiar with Voltaire at all. I mean, I know the name Voltaire.
1: Well, Candide is a great story, Uh, you know, and Voltaire, it was written hundreds of years ago, but it's a very easy read, Uh, and that's one thing that surprised me and drew me into it, Uh, but it's also uh, about life, and it's about uh, coincidence and karma, and it's just this huge epic adventure that this this main character, Candide, has, Uh, and I think it does a really good job of capturing the absurdity of life. And the journey that life is.
0: Well, you'll be happy to know that that is a correct answer. And so <laughs> you are welcome back on the podcast anytime. In fact, I would love to have you back on. Always great to hear from you. Uh, how can people learn more about you? Where on social media should they follow you?
1: Oh, I'm on Twitter and uh, uh, Instagram. And uh, you can also go to my website, www.jojanes.net.
0: Uh, which has a lot of my
1: writing samples on it. It's more geared towards my writing. Uh, And I do a weekly satirical column on literateape.com.
0: Literateape.com. I'll have to check that out. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and have a wonderful week.
1: Thank you. It was so much fun.
0: Well, that's all for this week. Thanks to Josh for the topic and to Joe Janes for being my guest. Here's a kid who's not tall enough to ride any of the rides. Thank you for listening
1: to The Internet Says It's True. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Kent. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works, to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new, if the internet says it's true.
0: The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions helped to make the show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVay, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Silent Partner. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.